Hello, welcome to How Is That Not A Thing, the podcast where our experts pitch crazy products and inventions while the rest of us guess whether they're real or not. I'm joined today by Freddie Riddell. Hello. Sophie Marquand. Hi. And first-timer Oscar Karonka. Well, hi there. I thought I'd kick us off with a cool one that I, I found this week. Or did you find it? Did you find it in your brain? Yeah, <laughs> that's the, That's very much the game we're playing. Yes. <laughs> Who has a phone? I do. I th- you'd struggle to do without one in this day and age, wouldn't <laughs> you? I would. You're out and about, your iPhone, low on battery, 21%, it's in the red, and then it's off instantly. You know, these batteries on these modern devices, you can't trust them for a second. How are you going to fix that? Solar panels attached to my head and hat. Um, an iPhone- Interesting, but impractical. An iPhone case with a crank wheel on the back that's attached to a dynamo that lets you uh, recharge the battery. A Good. hamster wheel attached to a dynamo. Mm. I'll just buy and a new phone. Uh, street magician dynamo attached to a dynamo. <laughs> I'd just buy a new phone every time I run out of battery. Uh, a solution for those with a lot of money, apparently. Well, this is actually quite in line with your suggestions, guys. This is a hydroelectric solution. This is a turbine that you carry about with you, and you can. It's a, it stores battery... And you can plug your phone into it and recharge your phone from that battery. But you can recharge that device, the battery, by putting this turbine in a source of water and it will rotate, therefore charging the device. Doesn't it have to be tidal? Isn't that what hydroelectric means? Yeah. No, no it'd be a f- streams. Streams. Much so, like a so tap. You basically, you just have to find a tap. I think more like a river or... Oh, yeah, no, because I'm always in places with rivers when my phone runs out. Well. So, contextually... This makes more sense if you maybe do geology and you're out in the mountains and you, there are lots of streams about. I do quite, do geology. It's quite niche. Yeah, but we're all about niche on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So true. I've got a quick question. What was wrong with any of our great ideas that this far inferior product had to be invented? I mean, I put solar panels on a hat. You just can't. You wear a hat. Okay. That doesn't take up hand space. You do wear hats. Mm. But what if your phone runs out of battery at night and you're in a mountain? Why, why would I not have my hat with me? <laughs> oh, but it's night time, so you can't charge it. Yeah, but he would already have charged, got the charge from the solar panel. He's been walking though. around all day yeah. with his hat on. Yeah. You've got because four Oscar... devices to charge. You've got your phone to charge, a camera, you've got your... Who uh, has a phone and a camera these days? You've got your <laughs> geological equipment. And your Kindle. Because your geological <laughs> equipment all, co- all is powered by USB. Yes. That yes. compass. That <laughs> geological compass. USB. Oh, if you, if you stood on the spot and spun around really fast, the compass would spin and you could attach that to a dynamo attached to a phone. Your one with the crank and that mental solution right there um, requires physical expenditure. So, I, see, I don't see what was wrong with the hamster idea because you get both a source of power and a friend. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't even hear, I didn't even hear the hamster yeah, idea. but if you... The river idea, you get a source of power and lots of friends because all the fish... <laughs> that you slice up by then go through the turbine. I will say, in defence of Maxie's stupid idea, you can just leave it overnight and it will be charged up in the morning. This was what I was going to say. How, it doesn't require it actually you to can... look at it or do anything. You can just leave it in the pond, slowly filling up the turbine's battery, and then you recharge your phone from that. Like, there is a bit of a use case. So, is this like a battery storage pack so you can charge yeah. anything off it? Yeah. Okay, so... Does it go to it's, mains it's, or USB? It's, Whatever you want, Sunshine. Well, USB, USB. yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, like, a camera, a phone, uh, your recording equipment. 
If, if you're lack like a, a wilderness podcast, your mm. iPad, you know, your Kindle, your Kindle, your blender, your Zoom, your Huddle, <laughs> your USB blender, your yeah. KitchenAid, your Kobo. I think is the one W H Smith sells. Yes, yeah, yeah. Kobo. It's now they have a book. I you, know. <laughs> you can actually just like hook it onto the bank of a, a stream or something and let let <laughs> it trail. one of the attachments that the councils are currently put at the edges of all the streams. No, like just hammer in like a. A fixture so on the you side. Need a hammer. How big is this turbine? <laughs> I mean, would a regular... it's like that big? Why? What so are you hammering it into? Well, so it has to be in the river. So how do you fix it to the river? You fix something to the bank that then is attached by a cord to the turbine, which is in the water. What if it gets eaten by a fish? It's quite big. Could you attach and fish. plastic and fish are stupid, Maxi. Fish are stupid. Could you attach it to the back of a boat? As the boat goes along the river, and then obviously you create a current with your boat. Absolutely. Zoom. How yep. does it stop itself from shorting? Because at some point there must be an exposed mechanism for the turbine to work. Water and is actually the... surprisingly unconductive. Only it's only the impurities in water that make it a conductive material. So if you had distilled water, that's a non-electrical ah. conductive. So substance. what you're saying, Maxie, is carry a Brita filter with you at all times, yeah, and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you need. Let's just go through this. A hammer. A Brita filter. Other <laughs> other filters are available. Oh, other filters. One of those ultraviolet pens for disinfecting the water because you don't want your turbine to get dirty. Uh, you needed some kind of rope to attach it to the rock oh, that you've used the hammer. You need to be a geologist at night time in a mountain. And a river. And a river and a mountain. You need to a... be a river yes. for this to work. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds like you guys maybe don't believe that this exists. No, I actually do believe it exists. People at this home. Is... This is the kind of thing a very clever idiot would come up with. Yeah. Geologists at home, do you think this is real? Are we, have we just been chatting crap for the past five minutes? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Sophie, is that real? See, the, I, can, I can see a point in it. I can see the turbine thing working, but then at the same time, it's just, again, so many holes. So <laughs> many holes to fill. Well, you need holes in a turbine. Oh. Oh, badumtish. I won't say it's real. It's something a clever idiot could come up with, and there are plenty of clever idiots. Nice. It's real. It's, it's definitely real. It's definitely real. Guys, it's real. Hey! I'm not going to buy it. You're not going to buy that? No. Why are you not going to buy that? Hey, when global warming happens, and we, we as all fish people... You're going to thank whoever invented that stupid-ass machine. We'll all be geologists when global warming happens. <laughs> <laughs> the device is called Blue Freedom. <laughs> of course it is. Which is great. And it was actually kickstarted. Oh. Which is nice. They have their product specs on the website, but they're very vague about how long exactly it does take to do a full charge. But the <laughs> Vague. Could be a week. The Could story. be an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just leave it in a, there for the next year. Yeah. And when you come back for next season... You might. You might it might be charged. <laughs> Surely that very, very much depends on the strength of the water source. Like, if exactly. you're using the sea... It depends minutes. on about a million things. It's a seasonal device. It's pretty cool, though. It's pretty, anything, any green technology is cool. Tell you what, it'd be useful in Durham over the winter. Have you seen that river? Hey! Oscar, have you got one for us? <laughs> I've got one for you guys, right. Have you ever encountered the problem of owning some goldfish, but you fear that they don't get enough exercise? I yes. Actually, well, yeah. This is the product for you. Yeah. This is uh, it's called the Goldfish Walker, mm -hmm. and it's a trolley in which you place a goldfish bowl, and you can wheel it around with you as you walk. 
So the goldfish is not being exercised in any way. Not even slightly, Maxie, not even slightly. That's I, the beauty of it. This is my favourite thing about this podcast, is when people introduce their idea in a completely wrong manner that didn't introduce the idea at all. What, they're moving? They're getting exercised no, by just moving? You're, no! You're moving! Cool. Fish trolley. Well, basically... The person in question, I think his name was Michael, but I can't remember his surname. He lives in Huddersfield and he's a metal worker. He <laughs> got really sad so that he couldn't uh, take his fish with him when he went for walks. So he constructed this big trolley with which you place the fish in and you can drag them around with you. Why has it got to be so big? Why can't you just have a backpack on? Because <laughs> I'm like assuming that, yeah. he couldn't afford a dog and therefore the resistance would make it more authentic. Uh, he wanted to feel like he was walking an animal. Yeah. Like, That's quite yeah, sweet. He wants to feel involved with his fish. Does he think dro- dogs need to be dragged around everywhere? <laughs> it, did his dog die for like a month before he realised? Oh, no. So the actual construction of it, it's, it's large and blue. There are lots of panels that come up and hold the for a round fish bowl. And it holds them in You're place talking- so, you can, so the fish can see out. In the very much the stereotypical goldfish bowl we're talking about. Here. Very much stereotypical, very much. But I'm sure that other goldfish bowl styles are available, and he would cater for them. Mm-hmm. The product's only available by special order, and the bottom, the wheels on the bottom, yeah. it, similar to a roller chair. Okay. okay, it's that kind of system. Why can't you just put your goldfish bowl in a shopping trolley and then drag that along? Because then you have to do steal you... the shopping trolley. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have a shopping trolley? You know that shopping trolleys only cost a pound. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) They do, though. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) How many shopping trolleys have you stolen? You don't steal, you pay for them. They're a pound. (laughs) I think you're doing Tesco's wrong. (laughs) Okay. What if you... So I, under the impression... I've had goldfish before. And the traditional goldfish bowl doesn't really work. You need filtration systems... I don't like know where the idea of the equipment. actual goldfish bowl came from because it's incredibly cruel. Yes, you'll get labelled an enemy of the ocean if you've got one of those. Because there's, there's like it's still a, water in a little bowl will kill the it fish. It will drown in its own piss. Really? Mm. Yeah. Well, on the images, unless you change it every day. Yeah. Oh, that's probably what it is, isn't it? That's probably yeah. What it it's is. probably people change, change it every day. Before. Oh no, but that every time you change the water of the goldfish, it freaks the fish out. You're supposed to like only change part of the water. So maybe you change. Yeah. Part so of you it. take some of the water out. This was probably before electricity was invented. In 1853. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the date, everyone. March the 3rd. I was actually going to say 1953, and it'd be a joke, but I fucked up how years work. <laughs> this is what's convinced me so far, is that he had the name and everything, and not many people would go straight for Huddersfield. <laughs> uh, see, to me, Michael from Huddersfield sounds exactly like a classic Karonka character. <laughs> you know, all those Karonka characters. Uh, also, this isn't from when, before electricity was invented. This is from two years ago. It was so, on the Daily Mail website. Oh. Oh. Mm. No, now you're trying too hard. It's not real. All right. Can't possibly be real. Um, Sophie, is it real? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is real. Um, I think it's real. Louise, why don't you look down at the bottom of that teacup you've got and see what the tea leaves are telling you about whether this is real or not. Hmm. Wow, I didn't didn't think that would actually work. That's, oh, that's, that's kind of spooky, actually. Okay. Oscar, <laughs> is it real? It's real. Yes! <laughs> of course it's flipping real. <laughs> This was his name. Huddersfield, real. All yeah, the no, details. The whole, all the I details are Michael real. Michael from Huddersfield. Just look up the goldfish bowl trolley. I can't remember his second name, so it would. My, there are probably many Michaels from Huddersfield. 
You you guys totally overthought his double cross this double crossing idea. This is honest Oscar here. It's what they call him down the roller disco. <laughs> Has anyone ever been to a roller disco? Oh no. my gosh. Wow. I have once. Have you? Yeah, yeah I was about. There was one at Trev's uh, summer ball. Oh, there year. was one at Trev's summer ball. Yeah. I was oh. twelve and I couldn't skate, so I kept going over. Missed that. That's him. Oh, oh, he looks like I he's don't... got no friends. Oh, sorry, it was Metro yeah, News. Yeah, he's got fish. That's not a friend. Fish are food, not friends. <laughs> I've so got to say, the fishmonger. <laughs> fish were like vaguely exciting for the first ten minutes of owning them, and then they died. Such a bad pet. They're not. They don't even have faces. And also the noise of the machinery. It, they're not even relaxing because that drone is very irritating. I've never had it. And if we could just keep that drone going for the next forty minutes, that would be much appreciated, Freddie Riddell. You'll have to breathe soon. Nope. He, no, he's mastered circular breathing. <laughs> right. So uh, recently, I think this is a this is actually a fairly recent development in the world of. Hmm. I'm not sure. I suppose the world of butchery, but also perhaps the world of environmentally friendly foods and that sort of thing. Cool. Okay. Um, so a company called Memphis Meats have come up with the first test tube meatball. Um, so it's like, you take a few cells, I mean, I'm not science, I don't know science, but this is how I imagine it happens. You take a few cells of um, a cow, and you grow meat from those cells, um, and you produce meatballs from them. And it's obviously highly, um, well, a lot better for the environment, because you're not having loads of cows grazing, and you're not having to kill the cows to to produce the meatballs otherwise. So it's kind of like, well, apparently they say that um, it produces 90% less greenhouse gases. Mm -hmm. um, and you just get some cells, they grow, um, and then you kind of just have edible meat that you can create things out of. Meatballs, I think, is what they've done so far, but I assume they can work out how to do other cuts. And it's quite expensive. It's a $18,000 to make one pound of ground beef, uh, which is compared to $4. Um, <laughs> but they're working on it. Um, and I remember seeing like a video of a lady who had tried a meatball. I think she was told before that it was like laboratory or laboratory grown meat. Um, and But she was like, no, it just tastes like a meatball. So I guess it works. I've got a question straight off the bat. Um, <clears throat> how far away are we from trees that sort of grow meatballs on them? I know they have grown a uh, test tube burger. They did it years ago. I think it was in mm. 2006 or seven or something. And it, yeah. it looked like it was made of little pink crystals. It looked disgusting. And I think it was weird. They tried it on one of the weirder like choices to try that thing on. It was like multi-thousand pound thing, and I think they tried it on the American equivalent of This Morning. <laughs> and it was really weird. It was a weird segment. It was something like that. Where the burger was weird. Or the... the burger looked strange, but the fact oh. that it was on that segment at all was weird. It's like, why would you choose This why Morning you... yeah. to display this technological cool. breakthrough? Yeah, mm. well, I suppose they couldn't find a niche anywhere else. So... They've, actually, they've actually culinarily taken a step backwards by moving to meatballs. Which are, I think, inferior to the burger. Unless it doesn't look like... Well, the way I describe, I would describe the burger that they made was it looked like it had been made in Minecraft. Mm. <laughs> so 
If it doesn't look like it's been made by a nine-year-old in Minecraft, I think it's good. Well, yeah. I, I can tell you that the video I saw, there was, like, this professional chef teamed up with the company, and then he was like, oh, okay, I'm going to take this meat and just cook it like a normal meatball, and I'm going to make a nice little dish for this woman, and it looked like a normal meatball, and the woman enjoyed it. So, presumably, when they're cultivating these cells, mm. they they can't cultivate it in the same way it would grow in an animal, so it wouldn't have, like, veins of fat or, like, uh, a layer of fat on the outside. So if you wanted to try and make bacon... You'd have to like grow the the meaty mm. bit, and then you'd have to grow the fat bit separately, kind of thing. Like well, it would I be guess, hard to. Yeah. Also, the or fast... you, but a meatball makes sense because you can add beef dripping to it. For I, example, what I understand of it is that they've just taken what they've grown to make a pound of ground beef. Yeah. Um, and so it's like just mince meat. Yeah. And then what you can do with mince meat is well, a number of things, but not make bacon. Yeah. I think ideally, you know that bit in Star Wars where Luke's floating in the tank, going up. So that, but with a pig. <laughs> that's the end game, I think, for science. No, I don't, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's not how this works. No, no, when, I'm this saying, is this is like when you do the, when you do that, you've won science. Yeah, when that's you want, it. When you want your bacon, Maxie, that's how it'll be happening. It's but, a it's a pig floating while while its sister stands outside and is like, why did it go outside? It could have died. But this is very much like th- almost 3D printing meat, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so I want but, to give you... But like I was saying, so for ground beef, it needs a certain amount of fat content. Yeah. But you can't get that from growing it like this, or you'd have to grow the fat separately, probably. I, I don't know. I want to know more about it. But there's a, there's a nice little choice quotation here from the CEO of the company. We plan to do to the meat industry what the car did to the horse and buggy. So... <laughs> Destroy <laughs> thousands of jobs. I reckon in about a month's time it will turn out that actually that meatball was just made of horse meat. Yeah. <laughs> they tried to grow beef and they'd accidentally grown horse. Yeah. yeah. And once again, the British public will be surprisingly uncaring about the whole fiasco anyway. Cool. Freddie, do you think this is real? I do think it, it is real. Yeah, I think, because I also heard of the burger. But... <laughs> It's a great invention. I've heard of that. Where can I get one? Tesco's. Not, not no. the burger, the grown burger, oh. like Oscar. Um, and I think the timeline of development makes sense that they might be a bit nicer now. So yeah. I I don't think it's real because I think it's too specific an example. It's something that I would have we would have heard more about that if that that's a real breakthrough to make pure meat. Mm. That's yeah. something that I would have heard, that we would have probably heard about, probably in the little sidebar in Facebook that's pointless. Mm. Well, uh, at home, if, if you're eating a meatball now, ponder upon where that meatball came from and would you still eat it if it was grown in a lab? Sophie, is it real? It is indeed real. Memphis meats are real. Woo! <laughs> Oh, yeah. 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 Nice. It looks quite. I would eat that. Are those olives? So cultured meat is the tech, is it? Memphis yeah. meats. Memphis meats. Yeah, there's the quite. Meat it's is very, very meat. recent. I think I saw it at the beginning of February, and this was published around the second or something of February. So, um, it's a really interesting development. Wow. But eighteen thousand dollars versus four dollars. Uh, you know, don't quite have the money. That's interesting. So. For ca- for beef, twenty three calories in feed creates one calorie of beef. But one calorie of this cultured meat can be created from three calories. It still seems inefficient, doesn't it? Maybe we should actually. I'm like I love meat. I've worked at a butcher's, but maybe we should just become vegetarian. Oh, one to three's finish. We've got a lot of corn. 
It's kind of weird, though, to just acknowledge an inefficiency and us to be like, yeah, I don't really care, planet, whatever. But that's what we do with cars. We acknowledge the fact, we acknowledge, rather, the fact that that we could get a train to places, yet we still choose sometimes to drive six hours instead of getting a three-hour train. Humans are dicks. Or idiots. Both. Bit of both. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's, I think, an interesting development, and Mm. I'll be watching it. I'm a new teacher myself. Mm. There we go. Very interesting. Freddie Riddell. So, we've all given birth at one time or another. Certainly. Um, and I'm sure we're all familiar with that uncomfortable birthing feeling. Freddie, I'm in my third trimester as we speak, and I can tell you, my pelvic floor is aching. You are glowing, Maxie. Thank you. So, what would you, what would you say if I told you I could help pull that baby out the whole way through the labour process? There'd be a constant force being exerted on that baby like a baby magnet if you will is it please tell me i will be so happy if it's a looney tune style plunger uh, no but that's but... actually how i was removed <laughs> I, I, I t- suctioned his head i know i was Rod's... in labor for three days and in the end they stuck an electric plunger up my mum's wazoo and pulled me out by my head true story in my head the bugs bunny is doing the plunging and <laughs> trying to eat carrots well, that's where you're wrong my doctor was the fonz <laughs> Introducing the centrifugal baby birthing stirrups. <laughs> That's the word. So yeah, yeah, you're lying back on the bed. You're strapped in by Doc Ock or whoever's delivering the baby. Um, and you're on this big table that then starts spinning around. And the centrifugal force being applied on, the, on you by the, the rotation helps suck Babby out of your it, bits. Into where, though? Because <laughs> where is this baby? It kind of sounds like wow. a lucky dip. You could have several different containers that the baby could be fired into, kind of like a sort of roulette wheel. And the box that they end up in is uh, their parent. Their social class. There's like a parent waiting behind each door, and it's like... <laughs> it's, I mean, that would be funny, but it's actually a uh, hundred nurses with... Uh, Catcher's mitts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and a I, batter. <laughs> I, I might be inexperienced here. I, I think I'm possibly the only person at the table who's not had a baby as a Oh, yet. you must try it. Oh. It's the ultimate high. But my understanding is that the experience of labour is not a pleasant one. The experience of pregnancy is not necessarily a pleasant one. Um, and... So, do you really want to be spun around at force while you're in labour? Well, the interesting thing about um, relativity is that once you're up to speed, you'll no longer register yourself as spinning. (laughs) Well, also, though, Sophie, I think it's a sort of short-term pain. You're decreasing the length of of labour so significantly that it's worth it. But also the risk... The I, I'm still not satisfied with the explanation of what happens to the baby when it gets fired but out. What actually happens is there's a net strung across her feet. The woman, the birth woman. A net. Not the doctor woman. You it might be a man. Oh, a baby net. Yeah, baby that's net. a solution. Like, you know when you're doing the hammer throw? <laughs> there's a net to make sure it doesn't get into the crowd. Like that, but it's attached to the big burly man who's in this case a big burly woman. <laughs> I hope I've explained that clearly and concisely. I, I can seriously imagine this being a, a fantastic iOS game where you have to tap to stop the thing and At then the maybe right have to time. fly out into wow. a tub. We should actually make that. Mm. Mm. Maxi, get on the graphics. I think I've heard all I need to hear. This sounds horrendously medically unsound, uncomfortable for all parties involved, 
And illegal, frankly. Wait a second, wait a second. Don't babies have incredibly soft heads and yes. they come out head first? Yeah, they have the three plates of the head haven't yet fused in babies. So it's just a brain with some skin on it. Yeah. That's hitting a fishing net, It's a soft net. It's a soft net. How are you making it? No matter how soft it is, that's going to be painful a for a baby. Net. It's a cashmere net. <laughs> well, that's just impractical. The NHS is not going to pay for cashmere nets. Do you think the NHS is paying for this? This is a booper product. <laughs> <laughs> Mothers at home, would you give birth like this? Is this how you see yourself bringing life into the new world? Babies at home, wouldn't this be rad? Or does this sound like a nightmarish roller coaster ride? Push, <laughs> Mrs. Knievel, push. <laughs> uh, Oscar Karonka. You buying it? I'm going to say it's fake. Yeah. Sophie? Uh, yeah, fake. Yeah, it sounds absolutely illegal. Freddie Riddell! Freddie Riddell, is it real? Oh, mummy, it's real! Guys, you can tweet inventions you find, crazy products, or stuff that you've just come up with yourself, and maybe we'll read them out next week. Oscar, do you have a Twitter? No. Probably the right decision. It's going down the pan. Sophie? I do, but I just never use it, so I wouldn't follow me on it. Maybe email me, sophie.me. <laughs> no at anything. No. Just no, just say at. Just say at your news. At S A U F S O P H. That's my Twitter. You can find me at, at Eggshaped. <laughs> no, I did that one more. <laughs> oh, right. You can yeah, find he's, me at, he's done that every at time. Andrew Hunter M. <laughs> and you can find me at QI Podcast at BBC.com.uk. And I'm at McClues. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review, and like us on Facebook. Thank you very much for listening, guys. See you next time. Bye!